It's wine time, and by wine, I mean the beverage, not wine like complain, but we may wine here. Hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dormish. I am your host for episode 574 of Beyond IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where we also talk about wine sometimes. I am joined this week by Max Scoville. Bonjour. Hello, sir. And Lucy O'Brien. Bonjour, no. Ooh, this is exciting. This is a very unique episode introduction. Uh, of course, we have a lot more to talk about than hellos this week on Beyond. We're going to take a look ahead at the PS4 software we know is coming out in 2019, as well as some of the biggest titles that we don't know exactly when they're coming out. We're also going to talk a little bit about Kingdom Hearts 3, yes, again, because I saw some gameplay you haven't seen yet, and I'm going to tell you what I thought about it. Was that on purpose, or did somebody leak it to you? No, this was on purpose. Wow. Yeah, this was not an accidental leak. Don't worry. I Rear don't know what it's spectacle of this year of our Lord, 2019. <laughs> a legitimate thing, not a leak. Uh, we're also going to do a mystery segment that I don't even know about. It's going to be a real hoot. I'm excited. Well, I don't know about it either. You don't yeah, know I either? I forgot to Ooh, tell okay. anybody else about it, so it's really my secret <laughs> secret surprise. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that. We also have a trophy test on the way. But before we begin, if you are watching this before Thursday morning, that would be Thursday the 17th, uh, be sure to tune in to IGN at 10.30 a.m. Pacific on January 17th. That's also 1.30 p.m. Eastern as well as 6.30 p.m. in the U.K. Uh, that's Friday, January 18th at 5.30 a.m. in Australia. So good luck if you're up then. Uh, we are going to be broadcasting the reveal of Mortal Kombat Mortal 11. Kombat! <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Max, you're going to be involved with that? Yeah, they're, they're having me doing something about that. I think I'm going to be a little pre-show recommending some things that people check out or whatever. Awesome. I think we're pretending it's live. I'm, I don't know if it's going to be it's going to be broadcast live if it's if it's fake live, I'm sorry. I'm it will be live in some form. Ruined uh, the imagery of cinema. <laughs> the fourth wall has been shattered. Oh no, whatever will we do? It's well, going to kick ass. It's I'm really excited to see It's going to be Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I, Scorpion's going to be there. I'm really bad at Mortal Kombat, but I love watching Mortal Kombat when it's played well and just seeing all the awesome I, reveals. And I love watching everyone get very excited about yes. Mortal Kombat. I like yeah. talking about it because yeah. it's just it's one of those things where you talk about it for just long enough and you sound like a third grader and it's <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> well, we did recommend a few characters who you think should be in the game yeah. a few weeks ago. So yeah, if that's any indication, I'm excited for what actually will be in Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat. You got to say it like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't have enough energy yet, yeah. but we will have plenty more to talk about in 2019 games. Mortal Kombat 11, of course, is coming out this year. But in addition to that, I thought we could talk a little bit about continuing from the conversation last week about PS4 hardware and the PS5 question mark of it all, looking ahead to the games we know are also coming out from PlayStation, specifically the first-party exclusives. So first, I want to touch on the fact that the games that we don't have release dates for, specifically The Last of Us Part Two, Death Stranding, and Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, obviously, Sony has been broadcasting these as major marquee tentpole titles of the PlayStation 4 for at least a couple years now, uh, in the case of a few of these games. But we don't know when they are coming out. Uh, we could think possibly toward the end of 2019 or 2020. Uh, and I do want to talk about when you both think we'll see these games. But first of all, I want to talk about just your general excitement for these three games. Which are you most excited for? Which are you kind of maybe on the fence about? What are you hoping to see more of? Okay, I'll go first, because I know what Max is going to say. <laughs> um, I am equally excited for Last of Us and Death Stranding. I'm less excited for Ghost of uh, Tsushima, but I'm still very excited for it. I think that The Last of Us Part 2 is... The Last of Us was one of those games that really surprised me because it was it was a very brave game in many ways. Like, the the story was incredibly... Brave. At sort of face value, it kind of looked like something that we'd seen before, this kind of grizzled dude with the, you know, daughter figure. Mm -hmm. But then there was that ending, and I'm sorry to, you know, if anyone hasn't played it, but that ending was like just such such a bold move. And so um, I really didn't anticipate it. 
That was video games growing up. Yeah. yeah. Like I was a, that, that was the, one of those first M-rated games that felt legitimately mature. And, like, it wasn't... It, obviously, it had, you know, it had critters running around that you had to shoot in the head with a gun, you know, a la many other video games. But it also had, like, these touching human moments. And I, we've, we've talked about The Last of Us ad nauseum, but I'm really curious to see how they follow that up. Yeah, and I, I, I do feel they really know who Ellie is. I felt like she was a very, like, fully formed character in both um, Last of Us and Left Behind. And... I'm excited to continue that journey with her. Uh, I love Joel, obviously, but like Ellie, for me, you know, I want to see, I want to see where they take that character because she's so young. Yes, there's so there's so many places you could take her. Um, so yeah, The Last of Us Part Two is, is is I'm massively excited for Death Stranding. I mean, I still think is a crazy fever dream. Who the hell knows what that's about? <laughs> it's I literally had fever dreams about it. It's I, I'm. I don't know when the hell that's going to come out. Last of Us, I think, is is interesting because it has such a high expectation riding behind it. You know, people obviously are they love the first one, and for there to be a follow up to that is sort of like, oh, where do you go with this? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a weird way, and I'm sure somebody's going to get mad about this. I'm kind of dreading it because <laughs> it's. I think it's going to be a. I don't think it's going to be a, a a comfortable game to play. I think it's going to be uh, just vicious. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a a painful game to experience <laughs> uh, because of yeah, the violence I, I mean, level i agree with you but i think that what they did so well in the last game is they got like a, a really nice cadence going where especially with ellie like she's got a really great sense of humor and she's really cheeky and she brings a sort of lightness to counteract that and i'm hoping that we see that in the I, second one i think they're going to turn they're going to turn ellie into a joel i think they're going to turn her into a monster and i think it's going to be heartbreaking right uh that doesn't sound that doesn't sound fun. You know, that sounds like oh, that sounds like some some emotional work. So I'm really excited to play uh, Norman Reedus, the Mummy Delivery Man, across the big barren wastelands of Iceland or wherever the hell it is, and avoid the ghosts. Ooh. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Speaking of ghosts, yeah. Um, we were just talking about this before the show started. I'm like, I'm really, really fussy about feudal Japanese stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's because I in high school basically mainlined uh, Roroni Kenshin and Inuyasha back to back and was watching like two episodes of each of those every day. And then one day I woke up and I was like, yeah, I don't like samurai stuff. I don't <laughs> like it. And I'm really kind of like fussy about like if they're too, if it's too stylized, if it sort of tries too hard or if it looks even remotely. I mean, I'm not even a historic his, history buff enough to, to, to call it, but if it looks just too, like too gaudy i'm not into it but i feel like this is walking a really fine line and is totally tapping into like the kurosawa stuff that grabs me uh and i really want this to be playable in black and white i just want that to play would be it. amazing black and white and red no red just black and just white black and just white. plain old black and white i think it'd be great maybe if the if the title screens are in red that would be cool but I, even so this is this the colors in this are, are great uh and it, it, I, i'm also, sort of, I'm like, how much, how much uh, HUD is there going to be? How much UI is there going to be to sort of remind you that you're playing a modern video game? Because this is so, so gorgeous to look at. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. about this. The <laughs> the demo we've seen of Ghost of Tsushima, which is really the only look that we've had at it from E3 last year, is very much it's stripped down. It feels like it's intending to be like this could be a cin- like a cinematic experience you're watching, but it is clearly being played. Um, I, I do wonder where the gaminess of it will come in and if that will be dissonant with the actual world and the style. They're I bet you're going to have to like collect scrolls and also there will be shrines <laughs> oh, no. to go to. Yeah. yeah. The, one, the one thing that I remember so vividly from that particular demo at E3 um, was how the blood would stick to the clothes yeah. and how it would sort of fan out into these patterns. 
And that that like that really grabbed me. I mean, that kind of like I I am a sucker for that kind of beautiful stylized violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm excited for it. I, I again, it's it's no, nowhere near as a hype level as the the first two, but sure, yeah, it's it's it's, it's intriguing. We definitely haven't seen as much of it too, which is why I'm excited to see more because I don't know. I'm really curious to see the sucker punch DNA come out in this or how their DNA has evolved with this game because to me, I think of them so much more in gamier environments with so much going on and yeah. there's so many mechanics at play there. But obviously with this, there's a lot more openness to it and I'm wondering how they've adapted to that sort of style of play. Uh, they also did talk a little bit about, I think at E3... Uh, when you see an assassin- assassination later on in the demo, that they are approaching it as you could have gone in in many different ways. So I'm curious how that openness will apply to the whole world. That's what they always say. That it is. <laughs> it's been handled one of many ways. It's always like Hitman, but every other game is mm. trying to do that too. Um, I wanted to take a look back, at least from the last times we've seen each of these games, just to get a sense of where they are in development. I know that as recently as sort of around the new year, uh, some of the Naughty Dog team has been tweeting that they are hiring quite a bit for yeah. development of The Last of Us Part Two. Um, so obviously they are sort of all in deep on the development of this game. Do you think that indicates we're probably not going to see it in 2019? Do you think this is beyond well, I, this year? I thought, this is what I said in last week's episode, I think it's going to be a launch title for the PlayStation 5. I think it's going to straddle the line. It'll come out uh-huh. on PS4 and PS5. Um, so you think I it'll come out on both? I think it will. I mean, I... I think it could. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I'm not sure. going to say it will because it'll <laughs> sound like a total idiot. Um, but I think it could. I think it would be an amazing uh, launch title for that system. Um, so yeah, I don't expect to see it this year. And then uh, with Death Stranding, obviously we've seen more so than the game itself in the last few months. We've seen Kojima traveling a lot. That has been sort of like the we've seen a lot of people go to Kojima Productions as well as him traveling a lot. Most recently, I think the day we're recording, he traveled to Guerrilla Games because they gave Kojima Productions the Decima engine to work with a few years ago. And then he came back as sort of like a full circle thing to show them the game and what they've been working with with their engine, which I thought was a really sweet sort of. That's so cool. That's such, I, I don't know that it, it's neat to see this much sort of collaboration on a AAA level. Uh, we had that thing at PSX uh, last, whenever that was, uh, where all of the sort of the creative directors for all the different Sony studios were all sitting on couches together and just sort of talking about like, where's your game? Is it coming along? How's that going? And that's that's awesome. I feel yeah. like there's, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, competition drives innovation to a certain degree. But at the same time, like, I don't know, maybe, you know, people sort of looking, looking over each other's shoulders and being like, oh, I couldn't hadn't thought about doing that. And the fact that, uh, that Kojima was like, oh. Can I can I use your engine? And he's like, Yeah, here you go. It's a, it's on a floppy drive. Here's the source code. <laughs> like that's insane. You know, it's it's great. Um, God, I I really hope we see Death Stranding this year. You th- do you think we will? I have a feel, I have a good feeling about it. Yeah. yeah Why? Like just, Why? Because I need it. I need that. I need that for you my own my life. own well being. Like I just need <laughs> to have something to look forward to. Uh, I don't know. I think that we've seen. Uh, we've definitely seen Sony kind of rein in their. Uh, there's sort of promotional promotion on stuff like uh, you know we got you know we got God of War and Spider Man finally like they're I think they're good at being like uh, let's not get people sick of this thing before it's out yeah and I think that having seen sort of this uh, bare bones demonstration of Death Stranding in action uh, you know at E3 last year and everyone's still like okay I actually know less about what you're supposed to do in the game <laughs> or right, what are you what are you doing there uh, I think that's that's sort of that like last bit before they're like, okay, here's what you're going to be doing, and then the game is out later. You know, like yeah. I think that we're we're very close to a, a release. 
announcement window. Do you think with that game too, because obviously we did see some gameplay to a certain extent, but do you think they, I know they've talked a bit about in the past, these sort of like online or multiplayer-esque component to it mm-hmm. uh, to a certain extent of like the, it, it will have this online the, experience the to strings it. Yeah, they, they've been sort of very... Tied together with... Yeah. I think that Norman Reedus's character is going to have, his name is Porter, uh, he's going to have a, a smart device of some kind. He's going to pull it out in the game and you're going to look at it and it's going to be the Death Stranding subreddit. <laughs> and you're going to read Death Stranding theories from within the game. What was the movie? Was it Pulp Fiction, the movie where you never see inside the suitcase? Yeah. 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 That's what how I feel like Death Stranding is. Like a whole bunch of people look inside it and their lives are sort of like changed forever. <laughs> but I, like, I, I, you know, I still feel like I, I can't actually conceptualize playing it myself and what it's going to be. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like I imagine Kojima just goes around these studios with the suitcase and opens it up and like people's eyes just go. <laughs> the, the photo of him going to gorilla is really funny because it is just a whole group of people around a couch looking off camera at, yeah. I right. assume a screen, but maybe it's how, just Kojima how many, acting it out. How many of them look like they're having fun there? They all look kind of, they all look fascinated. Yeah. yeah. They're all maybe a little I, confused. I can't help but feel like there's a certain amount of, and I, I love, I love Kojima's work dearly. And I'm also really excited to see what the hell this is. And I have faith that it will be interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be directly fun, but I think it will be <laughs> a thing that think, does some cool stuff. But I think there is definitely some Emperor's New Clothes factor going on yes. here yeah. where people are like, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say a bad thing. Like, is it, is there something wrong with me if I don't get it? Like, I've I have felt that way because like I am interested and I love watching the short films that have come out for this game as the trailers, but at the end of the day I just I don't know where to even begin thinking about the game. It well also because it's like everything that we've seen so far of Death Stranding is Norman Reedus with giant things on his back walking really slowly. And to me I'm like, ah, oh. Just what I've always wanted to do. It's the gritty reboot that Katamari really needed. <laughs> you know. He's just rolling everything up in his backpack. Yeah, and who doesn't love uh, ripping off toenails? Oh, this part. Every time. You cut away from every us. Time. I had to do that. Oh. I had to do that in seventh grade. I was moving a, a bedside table. The drawer fell out and landed oh. squarely on my foot. <laughs> no. Oh, I just, I'm not good with nails. Nobody, nobody no. is. Yeah. Nobody's good with ripping off nails. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's like, yeah, I do that for fun sometimes on the weekends. Yeah, just that's rip a, off. The mafia. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, I don't true. want to yeah. know where that is. And then, yeah, with Ghost of Tsushima, the last update, we really got a about it was E3. That's pretty much all we've seen of that Did game. They, didn't they say that's a PS4 game? They, I I think everything that was being shown at that showcase, the inclination was these are PS4 games, is mm-hmm. I think how they were presented. Um, but I did want to ask, obviously we touched a little bit about it on Last of Us, do you both think all of these games will make or could make the PS4, PS5 jump, especially as we're nearing the presumed end of this launch cycle? I obviously think, they want to have stuff for the PS5. I think easily. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Sony learned a valuable lesson about how much you can double dip uh, between console generations, and obviously they were, uh, you know, PS3 it, it tightened things up at the tail end there, but for the most part, you know, they were they were kind of uh, playing second fiddle to 360, and uh, there was the whole issue of like things were harder to develop for PS3, and the exclusives kicked ass, but then suddenly they were like, well, we had to switch our hardware back to stuff that's similar to what everyone else is doing. So I think they're I think that we're going to see uh, both the PS5 and whatever the Xbox 2 is or whatever they're calling it, Scarlet. Um, Anaconda. Is, yeah, it's going to, I think it's going to be very similar to what sort of the status quo is. Yeah. Because it's, 
I feel like we've we've done enough sort of shifts between console generations that people are like porting stuff sucks. Let's not let's just make it easy on ourselves. Let's drag and drop as much as possible. <laughs> Save as dot PS5 instead of dot PS4. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine they're going to be like let's go back to the cell processor. That would be a smart. Move. I don't know what they would like. What kind of bells and whistles they're going to add? I imagine it'll be some some more graphical power, but like the leap between a PS5 and a you know a PS or a PS PS4. Sorry, PS4 Pro and a PS5. I don't know how big of a jump that's going to be. Yeah, necessarily compared to other generations. I feel like they're going to be like, well, there will only be sad endings for PS4 games, <laughs> but PS5 will also have optional happy, happy endings. endings. Oh, that would be sweet. You yeah. have to spend $500 to get a good ending. Yeah, the, the last boss of the, the Last of Us Part 2 is is a dog. <laughs> and uh, Spoilers, but uh, you can you can only kill it on PS4. Oh, no! But on PS5, you have the option to let it live. <laughs> yeah. Now I have to get a PS5 just to see that dog live. It's rough. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, Anyone's actually mad about that spoiler. I made that up just yeah, to clarify. But they have had a dog on the set, and that dog is very adorable, uh, doing mocap, which I love. Uh, so out of curiosity, if we had to generally put, if these are all going to be PlayStation 4 releases, at least initially, if you had to guess when they're all three coming out, when would you? I'm going to start with Last of Us Part Two. What like time of year? Give me like a season or a month even. I think June 2020. Okay. Lucy, what about you? Yeah, I mean, again, if I'm going with this whole, it's a launch title, that kind of, if if the PS5 was coming out, like, at the end of next year, like, holiday season, which so I like think is time. possibly the more accurate guess, that doesn't feel right. That doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, yeah. Last of Us, the original, came out, like, two weeks after E3, when it first debuted on the PS3. It was a late June release, so. Okay. I wouldn't be shocked if they also tried to do a sort of summer release for this one. All right. Well, scrap my launch title. <laughs> um, well, I love in the summertime I'm, when I'm having a nice barbecue is going inside and staring at a dark screen <laughs> where I'm killing someone with a bottle. It's a joyous July 4th celebration. <laughs> like, yeah. I love the, that's a very good game. But good God, is it's sad. It's oh, it's a sad, sad time. Oh, yeah. And I imagine based on the trailers, part two is going to be even sadder. Yeah. Uh, then for Death Stranding. When do we think, because Max, you want it to come this year. Do you think it reasonably could? Because after April is pretty much an unknown for PS4 right now. Uh, I could see that coming out this summer or this fall. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know when they're going to announce it because mm-hmm. there's no Sony at E3. Uh, I could see it. I don't know. I, I, I feel like with Sony first party stuff, they have the tendency to be like, hey, this is coming out in the summer. When there's no competition, like let's yeah. just get this out there. Like they kind of, they kind of do what they want, and I don't know. It could also be like next, like next winter, like this time. I, I feel like it's not going to be your typical holiday release. I think we're kind of just past that point where that makes any sense for anybody. Yeah, it's also Death Stranding. Like it's not, it's weird. It's not like a, a, a holiday game. It's like it's not a. It, yeah, I, I think you could see it in a really bizarre window. I'm kind of inclined to agree, like, the beginning of the year. I think a January or February yeah. release could be amazing for it. 2020. Yeah, yeah, that would be really cool. And then what about Ghosts, especially since that feels like the one we know the least about? I think we could see that this year. Think so? You think so? Yeah. Huh. I was thinking, like, I think that's the... F- um, the furthest out? I don't I don't know. It's, don't, a we- yeah. it's a weird one because Sucker Punch, essentially since Infamous First Light, uh, or Last... Is it First Light or Last Light? I think it's First Light. First Light. Because I'm second son last light is Metro. Light. Yes, there we go. Uh, that was the last thing they These essentially. <laughs> they all use the same ten words. Uh, essentially, that was the last thing they published 
And so since then, which was 2014, I want to say maybe, yeah. it's been pretty quiet on their front. So it could be this year. That's the weird thing. All these games could come out in July if they wanted. And They're all broken as hell. Exactly. Yeah. Not ready yeah, they to all go. need no heavy need. patches. Yeah, there's no textures. It's just a wreck. Um, yeah. But I yeah, know. I don't know when that will come I don't know. I feel like I'm torn. I think that Last of Us is almost the furthest away. I want to say, but then I don't know. Ghost of Tsushima is so like freshly announced that I'm like, oh, maybe that is. Yeah. And that also, I don't know. I think that like Last of Us is sort of like it looks graphically very impressive, but like it's also, I don't know. We've kind of seen it doing stuff like that. We've seen games. It's a known like quantity. Yeah, yeah. Too, Whereas yeah. Ghost of Tsushima looks like just like, oh, that's a, uh, that's that's kind of a Red Dead you got there. Like yeah. that's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, I'm very interested to see when all three of those come out. Um, yeah, especially based on how quiet they've been. Sony really took with God of War and Spider-Man. The God of War release date was a random PlayStation blog post. Spider-Man's release date came alongside a Game Informer cover story. Like, they're not beholden release date-wise to E3 and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get just a post tomorrow after the show records, probably, <laughs> announcing all three game releases. Uh, that said, we do still know quite a bit about what Sony first party wise does have coming out this year. And I did want to gauge how all, how you both are feeling about what we do know about. So specifically days gone is I think the biggest first party known quantity game. Uh, as we come into the year that days gone is finally releasing, we've seen some delays from it. We've seen uh, it's E3 reveals and everything. It's going to be at PAX South this month. So we'll probably get another trailer or two, I would assume soon, but how do you both feel about going into now a couple months before this game comes out? Well, I mean, I'm a sucker for a horror game. Um, I mean, I'm not sure whether just because a game has zombies in it, it necessarily makes for a horror game, but this is all about survival and, and keeping alive. And, you know, I, I kind of like that as a, as a concept. Uh, I am very wary of all the delays. Uh, it's hard not to be. <laughs> um, and I still don't really, I, I, I don't think I've seen as much as other people have um, because a lot of people in this office are kind of down on this game. And I'm like, I, I still, I still have hope for it. I still love the idea of that moving horde of, of zombie kind of freakers. You, is that what they're called? <laughs> I think they're called freakers. Oh, really, so, yeah. really, that part is the thing that really just <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, that really bothers me. I, I mean, I, I'm still keen to give this a go. Like, I still have hope for it. Um, I'm not ready to write it off just yet, but obviously the delays hmm. aren't great. I'm hoping that my sort of lowered expectations and and sort of hype fatigue has will work in this game's favor. Mm -hmm. Like I'd I'd be kind of like I don't know if we if we you know get copies and I just like I casually check it out or if everyone is sort of like yeah it's it's fine and then I'm just like oh I'll just I'll give it a spin and then I completely get sucked into it. Yeah, um, that's always a wonderful experience when you have that where you just you know it's not your most anticipated game and you don't come crashing down with disappointment. So. Um, but that said, yeah, it's a zombie game that they don't want to call it zombies, and we've had a lot of big old, big old open world games. So, you know, it's like it's like Red Dead, but you have to uh, take care of a motorcycle instead of a horse. Who knows? It's a it's a bike carrying simulator. Yeah, it's, we'll, you know we'll what? It, you know, it's one of those games where I feel like it should have already come out and just been mediocre and come out before God of War and <laughs> Spider Man and Red Dead Redemption Two. And just being like, okay, it's done, instead of like all these delays. And now, you know, our expectations yeah. for especially Sony exclusives are so high. Um, I can imagine a huge amount of pressure on that game to kind of scrabble some quality. Also, this is going to yeah. be coming on the, on, the, on the tail of, of, of Resident Evil 2. 
Yes, which exactly. Is like people which are is... obviously pretty hype on, and that's like a you know that if you, they don't, I, I don't know if they call them zombies in that, but they're they've been doing it for a while. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm curious about that one for me personally. I I'm coming at it with measured expectation, but I want to see what it does differently with open world games because obviously they have been working on this one for a while and. I'm in a post Red Dead world and a post Resident Evil world when it comes to zombie games. Like I'm curious to see how it can make a name for itself. And I hope that it can, because there's a lot of stuff in there that I've seen that I do like. Uh, moving on from that one, we also know Concrete Genie is also supposed to come out this spring. A game I completely forgot about. It, it Sony's been relatively quiet on this one. I kind of dig what it's going for in terms of essentially you're in this city, uh, your notebook, you're recollecting your notebook scattered pages that are stolen by like a bully or something. You find this magic paintbrush and basically what you paint as the player comes to life in the world. Um, it's a gritty so. urban herald in the purple crayon. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> like I love, I love this conceptually. Uh, I love the idea of just more games that are geared towards kids that are non-violent. Um, I mean, this isn't a game that I, I, I think I will play, but I like that it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly it's it's very under the radar right now. Yeah, yeah, it, it's something that we've seen at uh, PSX, and they had a demo at E3. But it's one of those things where I'm excited to see like what people draw using the tools in this game, in the same way people did cool things with Little Big Planet, or as they're doing now with Dreams. Obviously, it's a more limited scope. But there's a charm to the artistic nature that I'm kind of interested in seeing play out, especially with this dark world that they're presenting. Yeah, I'm I'm completely like whatever about this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. It looks. I mean, it looks like like Lucy said. I'm glad it exists. I'm. I'm not. I don't. I don't hate it, but I'm just not interested. You know? Sure. Well, when I give it a ten out of ten, you'll be interested. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> good. if it winds up yeah. being this total like you know blows everyone away. You've got to play this kind of game. Then yeah, I'll totally check it out. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. My hope is that it is a like measured ten to twelve hour experience yeah. at most. Like it is not a thirty hour. Uh, sort of exploration thing, but we'll see how it turns out. Uh, also, on the first party side, we also know Medieval is coming out this year. Huh. Uh, that is their latest remake sort of endeavor. Um, they've just given it a 2019 sort of vague date, so we'll see. I assume Halloween. It'll be nice. Game it'll be, spooky game. Yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with no Crash or Spyro on the horizon, I'm cool to have another like fun throwback platformer sort of. We got a we got a, we got a Crash on the horizon. And we do. It's a racing game. It's a little different. CTR. Is there another Crash? Are you? Yeah, are you announcing another Crash? Oh man, CTR with the okay, okay, cars. Just yeah. You, you fake fan. Eh. What? I like CTR. I want a new full crash game. All right. Yeah, I'm me like. too. I want the hyper the photorealistic one that's about yeah. an actual bandicoot. <laughs> <laughs> just a JPEG of a bandicoot. It wears running around dolls the world. pants and it has to navigate oh. a completely accurate environment. Oh, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, at least oh something my God. <laughs> the dolls pants is what kills me. I okay. That, I want that shit running in the decimal. <laughs> <laughs> I want like <laughs> I don't know what bandicoots actually do. I don't even know what a bandicoot looks like. I think they're from where you're from. Yeah, yeah, but you like, should know the other this, side Lucy. of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something, Max. I assume you're actually looking forward to Judgment. This isn't on the yes. first party side, but a PS4 exclusive that's coming out sometime this year. Yes. So anyone who's yeah. not paying attention, Judgment is it was called Project Judge or Judge Eyes in uh, in Japan. This is made by the Yakuza team. This is a technically sort of a Yakuza spinoff. It is set in the same. City, but it's a brand new story, brand new characters, totally a new place to jump in. And it's also, as opposed to being a game about being a gangster, you are a private eye who solves mysteries while wearing a leather jacket. Mm. Uh, it seems like this is really, like, really Sega's push to kind of establish this, like, a new IP stateside. Uh, this game is going to be fully dubbed. Uh, it is, um, 
it's got like uh, Tim Rogers over at, at uh, Kotaku did like a great let's play. He's he's fluent in Japanese, so he just got the Japanese version and he's been playing it. And Tim's a very weird dude, so it's it's kind of <laughs> it's uh, kind of a tedious let's play at parts. But uh, <laughs> you know, he'll stop to sort of talk about street signs and stuff like that Ooh. and make fun of a guy's backpack. But sure. he does know his his, his stuff, and it, he, you know, he kind of breaks down like what this game is doing. Um, I'm so excited to play this. I actually just finished Kiwami 2, uh, the newest Yakuza game. Uh, this is running in the same engine as that, which is the Dragon Engine. They've they've got two games under their belt in that thing to really get the hang of like how to make it make it click. And I think that like, you know, whereas Yakuza's got that that same sort of Metal Gear problem of like, what's the good one to start with? How do I jump <laughs> on to this massive sprawling saga? But that's what I was asking because I haven't actually played a Yakuza yeah. game before. I would say hold out for this. Do you reckon a lot of this? I think so. I think also like the I don't know like Yakuza's you know in a lot of ways it's it's kind of dated and it's like you know it's got this sort of hyper masculine like you know gangster character mm-hmm. and it's it's rooted so heavily in like uh like what what the Yakuza do is a thing that you kind of have to like <laughs> unpack a little bit because they're sort of like they're not straight up just like criminals they're like illegitimate businessmen hmm. um so it's like crime business sort of I don't know it's a whole other thing but this is kind of like hey you're a detective. Go do detective stuff. So it's and you're you're gonna kick some dudes' asses on the way, and it's it's like like I I'm pretty much going in cold to this because it's a brand new cast of characters, a brand new scenario, and I will you know continue to you know, grind away with my Yakuza games. But like I'm really stoked for this, and I'm probably gonna be you know banging that drum pretty hard. Yeah, so. I I imagine we'll talk about it a bit with you on the show as we go forward. Uh, other than that stuff, really the only thing that we know about nebulously is that there will be more PSVR games. Uh, we know everybody's golf VR is supposed to be on the way. We've seen games at like Last E3. I saw Ghost Giant, which I thought was really cute. Um, and like that one a lot. Uh, we've seen games like Blood and Truth, I believe it's called. So there, there are these nebulous PSVR titles out there yeah, that we Blood, don't know much about. Blood and Truth is the London Heist guys, right? Yeah, yeah. That could be really cool. That would be an awesome yeah. one. I, we haven't really seen a ton from it recently, I think, uh, if I last recall. So it would be nice to actually see that come out. Do you before. think that, like, we, we got a bunch of sort of these these early demos from the, the PSVR demo disc. And there was the, the first Astrobot adventure. And then there was the London Heist, which is being turned into blood and truth do you think we're going to see like a spin-off of every one of those little demos in psvr like that would be cool yeah not, not if absolutely. there's a shark game because i hate no? the shark demo it's scary <laughs> this is you just want to advocate not for a shark yeah that's game, that was my yeah. i posed that my rhetorical was... question <laughs> no thank you to sharks. sharks please keep the sharks out of vr uh i feel like yes essentially because like they put in the work to make those what are demos essentially and so now that they got the hang of those if they have a larger idea that they can create from that i mean i assume we're going to see an astrobot too maybe not this year but as soon that. as they can yeah. uh but it'll be interesting to see especially because that is such an unknown but I think became very popular over the holiday with sales and everything. So that's a bit of an idea of what we're seeing in PSVR, PS4 and PSVR land in 2019. How do you both feel overall about the slate of what we know is coming and what we hope could come? I still feel there's just so much unknown. Yeah. And it's just such a strange time to be a PlayStation fan because they're not going to be at E3. And so it's just like, and, and you know, PSX was canned last year Will we have a PSX this year? Is are they going to an, announce a sort of existence of the PlayStation Five? And here's when to expect it this year. There's just a lot of question marks for this yeah. year. Um, and I, again, like the fact that we are sort of making these like wild guesses as to when these big, big <laughs> games are coming out. I think that's a that's a pretty good testament to where we're at in terms of what we know about this year right now. It's you know the middle of January, and we're like. 
I sure can't wait to see more of that thing we saw. <laughs> we don't know anything else, yeah. question mark. Yeah. What year do you think this will come out? <laughs> what a thrilling comp- like topic of conversation, you know? But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited for Judgment. Yeah. Really, really excited. And I hope that people get a chance to jump in there and check it out. Yeah. I hope they also put it out at a smart time when there will be breathing room for yeah. it to actually get exposure and everything, especially with the growing love for Yakuza as a series. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they give that some time. Obviously, we will when those questions have answers and we know when these games are coming out, we will talk about them on the show. But what we can talk about is a little game coming out later this month. You may have heard me talk about Kingdom Hearts 3. And what is that? Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, where to begin? Oh, well, uh, if you are watching this, uh, we have Kingdom Hearts in five minutes now on the site where I somehow tried to summarize everything that happens in Kingdom Hearts in five minutes before Kingdom Hearts 3. Jonathan, tell me how long it took you to get that together, to pull that together. That whole project started, I think, January 2017. When capture began, when scripting began, when all these things started coming into place was January 2017, I think. And it finally published January 2019. Uh, so go watch that, please, because a lot of work from not just myself, but uh, a lot of people on our video team went into that. So that was a lot of fun. It's very impressive. It was very difficult. And obviously things were left you know out. What? So I might I might spend five minutes oh. and try to understand <laughs> the f- those games. Are you about. probably won't. You probably will still be confused, but that's fine. Uh, no, I did want to talk about, obviously, in the lead up. Myself and a few members of our UK team were lucky enough to go to Square in Japan uh, last December. December 2018, and we got to meet and talk with a lot of the team as well as see about another probably hour of gameplay from the game. Uh, it was hands-off. It was played by Tai Yasue, one of the co-directors of the game, and we saw the Pirates of the Caribbean level, the Frozen level, and the Tangled level sort of more in detail. Um, we stayed away more from story stuff, so people looking for story spoilers, I will not say anything uh, story-wise, but we saw a lot more, and the thing that I just wanted to talk about that I came away with is how crazy this game seems to be and how many gameplay types it's trying to do. Um, The Pirates level is basically like Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Like the the sea parts? The sea parts. So essentially you will get to pirate or pilot your own ship. Sora, Donald, Goofy will get their own ship that you get to sort of upgrade as the world goes along. And you also, you get to just sail it along these seas. There's ship-to-ship naval combat, which we've seen before. But you can just get off the ship at any point and explore a whole bunch of islands in the world. And every island has different enemies or different treasure to find, and you can go underwater to find caves underneath the islands. And it's all Pirates of the Caribbean? It's all Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. So it's just this huge open, it was one of the worlds I was least interested in going into this demo and it came away being the one I'm most fascinated to actually explore because it feels like it's so vast and so open they could hide a lot in there. I'm curious to see what actually pirate stuff is involved, but like they had these battles. My favorite thing was there's this move with Goofy. Uh, where you team up with Goofy and you send him launching into the air and essentially he comes down and hits an enemy. Would you say it's a Goofy move or an extremely Goofy move? It's an extremely Goofy move. Uh, well and- done. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, can even remember the sequel to the, yeah. that movie. That's uh, great. I love those movies. Uh, and essentially, instead of just bopping a guy in the head, the heartless in this world, the enemy is a giant sand creature. Right. And Goofy basically gets swallowed by it as a result of this move and then comes busting out through the middle of it and like, attacks it with its crap. It's amazing. It is so weird and bizarre. And I this odd it. thing just struck me. What if I play this game? Like what if I, I really, really want to see, I you, really, you are going to play it. I'm going to make sure that you play it. And now you I don't want to try play it, it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm skeptically curious about it. I don't know. No, it, it looks like mechanically just fascinating. Like yeah. everything I've seen of it, I'm like, this is, I mean, it, 
Rest in peace. Reminds me of Disney Infinity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's so much going on with it, and there are all these different things, and each world has its own hook to it. And so when they brought us to the Frozen world, the big hook there is they have essentially like downhill sledding, which uh, Joe Scrubbles from our UK team and I joked is basically the closest you'll get to esports for Kingdom Hearts uh, because it does it has like score tracking, and it keeps track of how well you're doing, so you could theoretically compete with friends in it. But it, essentially a large part of the world is you avoiding Heartless while you're sledding down and doing tricks on Goofy's shield as a sled, essentially. So, okay, I know you didn't see story stuff, yeah. but, like, did did each world feel very tonally in step with the movies that they're representing? Yeah, so uh, a big part of our trip there was... <laughs> Yeah, aside from those anime characters walking around in there. Yeah. Well, well, actually, on that note, so uh, what was really interesting was talking to the team. It was very clear there were different ways. They sort of talked to each movie's team directly right. about their world. So, like, for example, with the Frozen world that we saw, we saw this giant boss battle. I, I don't know if it was a midway boss or end boss, but you're fighting this what looks like a Norse, like, Icelandic giant wolf that's made of ice. Uh, okay. And he's this crazy monster thing, but they actually consulted the Frozen team about that monster and all the other heartless enemies in the world because they wanted it to be in step with creations that could exist in Frozen. So the, their art design and everything was actually done in step with them. And is the like the music I mean, film appropriate? Yeah, they definitely pull everything from uh, in terms of looks of the characters and everything. They got some assets the way we were talking to them. They would get like character models and things, but they essentially had to animate them themselves because they were given you know, base character models that were not being used originally to animate like in a game way. So they ha they did a lot of work themselves to recreate perfectly. And there was a lot of discussions with Disney itself, the teams from the movies, as well as especially with Pixar. They said what was interesting was Pixar wanted to check on things a lot earlier on. Like they would check out things in some of the storyboarding uh, sec sections of it, whereas Disney would come in a little later on it just to make sure everything was well polished and true to the spirit of the movies. Right. So something with like Monsters, Inc., they're showing them it before they've animated anything. Uh, and it was really interesting to see the juxtaposition of those things. Did Johnny Depp's estate like chime in on any of that? Like, Not that we were told about. We handlers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the, he has handlers anymore. Um, but it, it was really cool. They were showing us the character models from the pirates world and the donald one is so realistic because all the characters in that one are essentially photorealistic from the movie so they also did some work to make donald kind of photorealistic he's got, like feathers he's got feathers and like hair it's like probably Weird. it's probably the it's most like your crash bandicoot wearing dolls pants come to life yeah, yeah pretty excited right there I, that's gonna be good. <laughs> I always wanted a very realistic donald duck this is probably the most realistic donald duck that has ever been put to film or oh movies. i don't know how i feel about that it's gonna be interesting to see play out but yeah the the frozen world they showed us a lot of the the big scope of the battles and then the tangled world was more about how uh you essentially have uh rapunzel and flynn rider on your team they're right. playing with you a lot of the time and but as you're going along these characters kind of exist in their own world and rapunzel true to the movie like just wants to see everything and is excited about stuff so you'll be exploring a world and she'll just like leave and go off to explore like oh this giant waterfall that's so crazy and you can go over and interact and it like triggers a little cutscene, but essentially it like brings her and sora closer together to make the battles better i think was the uh, inclination. You there. know what they should get in there? Yeah. Bolt. That movie Bolt? where Miley Cyrus is a dog. Isn't John Travolta in that movie too? Somewhere? Yes, he is. Yeah. I don't think they're Isn't going to Bolt. Isn't John Travolta Bolt? Is he to no, he's Bolt? Miley, that... Miley Cyrus is the dog, I think. I don't I saw it once. <laughs> Bolt was a boy. I saw it like six That's years so too. ago. I've never seen it. Miley Cyrus could voice a boy. It's a fake dog. Who cares? <laughs> um, anyway, I'm yeah, sorry they don't for interrupting. No, you're fine. They don't, they don't have Bolt. Um, but yeah, we essentially saw... <laughs> 
So. I mean, it is the obvious world. Yes. It's such an obvious world. If Everyone knows the Bolt world. The Bolt cinematic universe is really <laughs> popping off these days. Uh, yeah, they did not have Bolt, but we saw uh, – that's what I'm going to say every episode now, but they didn't have Bolt. Uh <laughs> But they showed us sort of the scope of the gameplay and everything. And I like as a fan, I went into it excited, but like I had played the game and I was sort of expecting just to see more. And I was so satisfied by seeing especially someone who's had time with the game be able to make all the disparate gameplay mechanics work together uh, and really show the there's a spectacle to the combat in this game. And I'm excited to see that play out through all these worlds. Now, how long have you been waiting for this? It's like, what, 13 years or something? Uh, I think Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in the U.S. in 06, 05 or 06. I was at university, so yes. I was in eighth grade, I think. So that's right. about yeah. thir- since eighth grade. Yeah, since eighth grade. I've basically so been waiting for this game. That's a pretty long time to wait. My entire life, basically. Like yeah. My adult life and my, yeah. How are your expectations doing? Weird? I get. Do you have any reservations about this? Yes and no. So it's that thing of like, obviously there have been side games that came out in between two and now three. And a lot of them were, some of them were really good. Some were f- totally forgettable and I never want to need to play again. Recoded. Um, Is that the one where Jiminy Cricket's phone gets a virus? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. His journal becomes a digitized virus machine and it really serves I no purpose. so much about True the, to the spirit yeah. of Pinocchio. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> The Spirit of Pinocchio is the name of my yacht. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was lying. I don't have a yacht. Oh, God. That's why it's called the Spirit of Pinocchio. <laughs> liar. That was a really good uh, full circle joke. Uh, no, for me, it's weird because I am a very excited, but I know that this game could easily not satisfy those expectations. Like, I was at a very different point in my life when Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 came out, and they very much hit me on a level of, I was a kid growing up, and it was Disney, the thing that I grew up with, but also Final Fantasy, which was a little more edgy, coming together and giving me this experience that met in the middle, and I loved it for that. And then as I got later in life, and, you know, like, Friends became such an important concept in my life as my family, this game personified that again with crazy body swapping and digitization of journals and all those that crazy stuff but at the end of the day was this game about that but having had so much time from when i was introduced to it i'm excited but i I also want to see how it exists in relation to all these other amazing games that have come out since then yeah There, there are so many other incredible third person action games and rpgs and jrpgs that i've played since then and i'm very curious to see how this reacts it definitely doesn't look like they've been like too close to it to like it's always really sad when something comes out and it's like oh you didn't look up from your paper to look around and see what else is happening like it seems like they're definitely like you know pushing this further and really and iterating and and trying to make it grow as a they're adding yeah yeah, they're adding so much on a gameplay level i think it's the story level that will be the really curious thing for me because don't get me wrong i as much as this is the culmination of kingdom hearts up until now i don't think this is the end of kingdom hearts I think they'd be crazy not to keep going. But this obviously is very much meant to close like this chapter so far. And there is a lot to wrap up. And there's also a lot to like emotionally satisfy on a character level. Um, And talking to the creative director of the whole franchise, uh, excuse me, franchise, Tetsuya Nomura, he has talked about both when we spoke to him at E3 and on this trip, he really relates to the villain. Right. Uh, Xehanort more so than Sora and those characters like he finds his worldview more interesting and there's more depth to it and more like relatable to the real world um, and sort of the cynicism that exists in the world and so knowing that he has that affiliation for that villain I'm curious to see how that villainous side plays out in this game because getting to the villain has been so circuitous throughout the franchise I, I mean going back to sort of 
highly anticipated games, especially when there are sequels to games that you grew up with and therefore very sort of contextualized within that period of your life. Um, I think that there needs to be some room where you may just find it pretty good. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally. like yeah. Because, I, I mean, I feel that way about the Resident Evil series, which was a series that, that the primary series that I grew up with. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm so, so hyped for Resident Evil 2, but there might, there might just be a point where I'm just like, huh, <laughs> that was good. Yeah. And I'm just going to give myself room for that. Absolutely, yeah. Because otherwise there comes the crushing disappointment. Yeah, it's one of those things where I, don't get me wrong, I am. this is easily the most anticipated game for me coming out this year that I know of and everything, but I also am taking it somewhat with a grain of salt of I'm in a different place in my life. I've had different interests since then. I've liked different types of gameplay too, just in the medium itself. Like I've taken to different types of stories. I still love Disney, but I'm very curious to see if this story is satisfying for me as a fan. And if it's not, that might be okay. If I still, like, those older games aren't worse to me in retrospect for any reason. I still care about them. Yeah, it, doesn't, it won't cancel the memories of the previous games. Yeah, it's weird. It, was there ever a game that has come out for you both? Obviously, you were mentioning Resident Evil 2. <gasps> was there a game that has come out that you waited so long for and then it... I really liked uh, Duke Nukem 3D a whole lot. Yeah? Then I played what Duke Nukem then? Forever. That was <laughs> not good. I, I like... <sighs> good God. Yeah, no, like, that was... That was a weird one because I was like, I would like periodically check in on that and be like, "Oh, it's almost out. It's almost, it's almost out. All right, all right, they're changing engines. All right, it's all, it's gonna come <laughs> out soon." Like that was that was announced when I was in, I want to say eighth grade, and that came out when I was, like, I went to two K and demoed it. Like I had a Wasn't career. It, you know? was, it was fifteen years. Is that right? Was, I think it was thirteen years for that. 13, yeah, yeah, and I, it was over I, a decade. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's a snowball's chance in in hell that like Kingdom Hearts 3 is, is a Duke Nukem Forever scene. I don't either. No, yeah, yeah, I think they've had, I mean, they've had the same people working on it. They've got a clear vision. Um, but that was like, I mean, that that game, like Duke Nukem Forever, like spanned just everything. Like consoles, like just culture, like what was what what games were, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and that was one of those scenarios where they were sort of nose the grindstone being like, oh, we're going to make it this, we're going to have this. And then it's like everyone else kind of just lapped them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that like being... Um, I think with Star Wars, for instance, like it's almost like a generational like rite of passage for fans to be pissed off at new Star Wars movies. <laughs> you know, like the yeah. the hype around Episode One and the prequels, and that was like a sort of a shattering, wrecking thing. And then mm-hmm. now we've got new sequels that are making everyone mad, and it's like I don't know. You get to a point where you're like, well, I just try to maybe focus on the good parts, and you know, work with that. And, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be stuff, no matter what, like even if some aspects of it are disappointing. From what I've seen, I think there will absolutely be some stuff, whether it's the Disney fan service or some of the gameplay that I'm still going to love, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm very curious to see how that goes. Was there ever another game for you, Lucy, besides? Uh, for me, there hasn't really been a game that I've just been like, oh, I'm just so excited, uh, you know, and then had some sort of a crushing disappointment. Yeah. Um, I do find that with remakes... Uh, that's I, I find that I tend to be disappointed when I play a game again um, because it doesn't capture that original, like Final Fantasy VII, for example, which I played when I was very young. You know, play any kind of remake, well, the the, the so-called fable the remake, remake, remake. The remake, remake. You know, we've been waiting for that for a long time and I just know that it's going to be shattering i just know that it's not gonna be that game that i remember yeah. sitting on my parents couch you know yeah. 
eating candy and 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 just like I was it was my first introduction to sort of that style of 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 you know JRPG and it, it won't live up but there I mean to be honest like nothing else really like I haven't I haven't suffered through these long periods of I mean there was the last guardian um and I loved Shadow of the Colossus, but I was very prepared for The Last Guardian to just be okay. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally. I wasn't like, oh, it's finally out this kind of, you know, this, it's like an Indiana Jones, like, orb <laughs> or something. Like, it, 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 it's fine. Yeah. It's kinda, it, I kind of dodged a bullet on that one because I was never, I was never super crazy about, like, Team Eco stuff. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this will be the one that I jump into. This is going to be cool. And I went and uh, did a demo of it. And it was just, I don't know, to to go to, like, a preview and be like, Oh, it's very pretty, and it seems like they're actually going to release it. But there's also there's stuff there's stuff wrong with it. Like it's yeah. got its problems, you know. And I'm glad it's out there and it exists because I think there's the, the most sad thing is when stuff just doesn't come out. Totally, yeah. You know? And it's very nice to actually have Kingdom Hearts three coming out. And with its ending, if you're not excited for Kingdom Hearts three, presumably Nomura is then shifting to the Final Fantasy seven remake. So whatever mystery of that game will be. We'll hopefully find out in five to eight years. Uh, Though speaking of mysteries, the next segment on the show is a mystery to me. Max, take it away. Jonathan, I follow you on Twitter and you sometimes just give updates about your life. And I found out recently that though you claim to be a true gamer, you only just recently tried Cheetos for the first time. Not not all Cheetos. Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Which I want to say for the record, I don't think those are specifically a gamer snack. I think that they are – the Doritos are are the more – commonly accepted however there is one thing that is accepted as a gamer thing which is mountain dew oh and you said you've never had a mountain dew i have not so you're oh gonna, my god so we're having mountain dew you're gonna try mountain dew for the first time oh again boy. you've never had mountain dew i've never to my How knowledge you've been carrying that in your pocket uh, Twelve days. a while it's, it's, it's a very insulated jacket though, so it's still yeah cold. no yeah. It's, it's still pretty fresh so, yeah okay wait, wait before, before you start of course what do you think mountain dew is gonna taste like yeah. green like lime yeah, like I always imagine, like, lime. like uh, like Sprite with an edge. That's not wrong. Is how I imagine. I would say it. it's got kind of an extreme musk. Okay, how many sugar? All right, a lot Sugars. of it. Yeah, there's a lot of sugar and carbs. It kind in there. of tastes like a teenage boy because it could have sweated it out for sure. Oh, cool, cool. As a teenage boy, I sweated out much Mountain Dew. <laughs> you you were in the facilities bottling the Mountain Dew. You could say that, I guess. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I will try this for the first time. Only 170 calories. This isn't isn't sponsored or anything. No, this is not sponsored by Mountain Dew. This is relevant to our audience. You have a Mountain Dew tattoo, so it's sponsored by your arm. Yeah, I got a Mountain Dew tattoo. Weirdly enough, never been in any, like, sponsored Mountain Dew stuff. One day. I think they're like, that guy's weird. Stay away from him. (laughs) He will damage our brand. We're giving them free sponsorship with Mountain Dew. So Mm. I'm going to try this and see how this goes. How much do you want me to drink? Just, I don't know. I just have a little bit. Right. Don't chug the whole thing. One does not chug Mountain Dew. You slam it. That's not bad. No, it's not. I mean, yeah. No, it's not it's terrible. I've been making it for like 70 years. It's better than I thought it would be. I was honestly expecting like bull urine, like the Red Bull no. thing. No. No. It's weird because it was sort of a precursor to energy drinks. It was, yeah. It was the most caffeinated. I think actually Dr. Pepper might have it beat, but it's definitely oh, okay. got that like... You know, it's got that extreme thing. The extreme thing was introduced in 1995 when Mountain Dew sponsored the first X Games. And oh. prior to that, their whole aesthetic was very much about, like, hillbillies. Uh, Mountain Dew is actually slang for moonshine. Huh. Uh, and the earliest Mountain Dew was made as a whiskey mixer. Which it still is, was. 
It's, it can still be a, a whiskey but, mixer anytime. But yeah, throughout the uh, 70s and 80s, the mascot for Mountain Dew was a cartoon hillbilly. And they had this running thing where people would just have their shoes off doing ordinary stuff. They'd be walking around New York City with their shoes off in a suit and be like, oh, you, you've got a little hillbilly in you. <laughs> yeah. Weird. I, yeah, considering how much X Games I watched as a kid, that's very odd that I have never had this before. It's yeah. pretty good, though. I'm actually going to finish this. Oh, yeah, I'm going right. to finish this. Yeah. Well, if you like that, there's all sorts of other different flavors. They they literally made a brown one because they mixed the red, white, and blue ones together. That one's called Do SA. Is it really? Yeah, we are living in a timeline oh, wow. beyond parody. <laughs> um, beyond. Thank yeah, you. Beyond. Yeah. Well, that was. Thank you for this. I appreciate You're welcome. this. This yeah. is a new experience. They sell them for me. at all I'm sorts of this. machines yeah. and kiosks hmm. around the earth. Do they cost a lot of money? Not really. That, no? I don't know. We got 25 cent ones here. Oh, perfect. Well, I'm going to buy these. recipe in Germany, though. Be careful. Oh, I'll never go there, then. That's fine. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, before we end the show, thank you, Max, for this. I really appreciate this new experience. So no, nice. thank you <laughs> so much. This has been quite a joyous, momentous day in my life. Uh, before we end the show, I want to do a trophy test with you both. Uh, AKA the test that I always lose. We'll see about this. This is a Resident Evil trophy test. I'm still going to lose. We'll see. I'm pulling. What do you want? I want this. Ooh. Okay, uh, we're actually going to go one by one, but I appreciate the writing down of answers so I can double check. Uh, I pulled four trophies from Resident Evil 7 and then two from Resident Evil 1 because a lot of trophies in this franchise are really hard to make parodies of without it being very obvious. Okay. So we'll see how this goes. So we have six trophies for you to go through. Again, I will give you, if you're just seeing trophy tests for the first time, I will give you two trophies. One is real, one is fake. I'm asking you to tell me what the real trophy is. So we'll start with Resident Evil 7, the first trophy possibility. Number one, he's here, there, everywhere. That trophy is to destroy all Mr. Everywhere statuettes in Resident Evil 7. The other option, B, I've been everywhere, man. Carry a Mr. Everywhere statue to every room in the Baker house. So again, he's here, there, everywhere, destroy all Mr. Everywhere statuettes, or I've been everywhere, man. Carry a Mr. Everywhere statuette to every room in the Baker house. Which of those is real? Lucy? A. You say A is real? And Max? I said A as well. The second one sounds too much like that Half-Life achievement. You're both correct. He, uh, he's here, there, everywhere is the correct one. Yeah. These were actually very hard to come up with, so it's possible you'll get six for six, both of you. Uh, Don't say that. Don't jinx it. I believe in you. Number two, out before dessert, complete the happy birthday videotape within five minutes. Or make a wish. Find a way to blow out the cake's candles in the happy birthday videotape. Which of those is the real trophy? Oh, that's trophy? good because. So it, they're both about the happy birthday videotape. Number one, out before dessert, complete it within five minutes. Number two, make a wish, find a way to blow out the cake's candles in the happy birthday videotape. Which of those is real? Lucy. I mean, both of them could be feasibly real. Okay. B. You say B is real. Yeah. Max, what do you I say? I say B as well. A is the real one, out before dessert, complete the happy birthday videotape within five minutes. Sorry, oh. you both do not get that one. I thought you said you were a Resident Evil fan. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Uh, The next one. Hell yeah, science. Craft 30 items using chem fluid. And the other option. That's a spicy meatball. Kill an enemy by attaching a remote bomb to them and detonating it. Which of those is the real one? Hell yeah, science. Craft 30 items using chem fluid. Or, that's a spicy meatball, kill an enemy by attaching rope, a remote bomb to them and detonating it. <sighs> Lucy, which do you think is real? If you need a second, I can go to Max. Go yeah, to think, Max. Max. I said A. You say A is real. Yes. I also wrote down A. 
You're both wrong. That's a spicy meatball is the correct one. I thought I saw you smirking when you said that's a spicy <laughs> meatball, and I thought you made it up. Ver- I think it's a very silly one. Um, moving on. Which of these is the real one? Slash, slash, slashity, slash. I hate saying that. Clear insects off a door using a knife. Or it's getting hot in here. Clear insects off a door using fire. This is from Resident Evil 7. So again, either slash, slash, slashity, slash. That, that would be really bad if I had braces on. Clear insects off a door using a knife. Or it's getting hot in here. Clear insects off a door using fire. Which do you think is the real one? Lucy. B. Max. Uh, B. The correct answer is A, slash, 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 D, slash. I'm sorry. No. I know. It's a terrible name. I hated it. But that's the real trophy. But I remember clearing insects off the door with the flamethrower, I thought. That's why I included it. Fake memory. I will double check because maybe I wrote these over the weekend and forgot that one. But... I mean, I'm sure you can clear insects off the door bo- using both methods. I also that first one sounds so made up. I just don't think I would use the name slash slash slashity slash. I don't think I would come up with that, which is where I'm going with. Uh. But anyway, moving on. This is a thrill for me because I I quit playing that game because it was too scary, <laughs> and I'm finding out all these things that are in there that are definitely too scary. And I'm glad I did not continue. Uh, it is, yeah, I believe it is slash slash slashity slash. I am sorry. I'm going to move on. I'll double check that in a second. But moving on, these are Resident Evil 1 trophies. Mm -hmm. Which of these is real? Master of Unlocking, which is unlock every door in the mansion, or the Key Master, obtain the helmet key using Jill. Which of those is the real trophy? A. It has to be A. A. The correct answer is the Key Master. I know, right? Lord! They missed the reference in the trophies, and I was very upset with that. So, unfortunately, we both forgot that one. Yeah. At me or the game? Who do we talk to about that? That's horse apples. Those old trophies, probably. Whoever's making Resident Evil 2 trophies, double check with them. Uh, Moving on to the final one. It is a tied game. Scores one to one. (laughs) Oh, what? So one of you better get this one right. A Jill sandwich caused three zombies to collide with one another. Or break out the marshmallows. Burn up two zombies at the same time with a lighter. Which of those is the real one? I'm going to play the game and say B. Is the real one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm I actually gonna... just preemptively ro- marked this one wrong. <laughs> Either way. I'm going to say B. Crap. You're both correct, which is a tie. And I honestly have not expected a tie. And I don't know how to solve this. We'll just have to have a rematch Ooh. later. We'll do a Resident Evil-specific trophy test rematch. I'll yes. come out with another few, and that'll decide who won this one. So for now, it's a draw. But thank you both for playing this insane game. Thank we you. We didn't have a choice. That's fair. That's you true. Made us. Yeah. I did. You could have walked off the set, but thank you for not doing that, as we can now finally end episode 574 of Beyond. Uh, thank you so much for watching this episode. Before we leave, Lucy, where can people find you when you're not on this show? Uh, Luce O'Brien on Twitter and on Instagram. And Max, what about you? I am the same, but my name is Max Scoville, which is different from Lucy's name. That is correct. Uh, good you. on you for getting that one right. And my name is at JM Dornbush on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me there for updates about my flame and hot lifestyle. Uh, thank you all so much again for watching this episode of Beyond. And as always, Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.